Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. All right, guys, I'm here today with Rebecca Plum of Studio Plum. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you for being here. So, okay, I pretty much every podcast, like, person, guest, I think they call that a guest, um, that I've had, I keep meeting over Instagram lately, and I'm racking my brain trying to remember how we first met, but... When I, when I was looking at your stories, you had actually, you had a highlight reel of some very intense and like girl after my heart stuff. So it was like your lead process. And I mm -hmm. thought mine was intense and yours was so much more intense. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that today. <laughs> but uh, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell everybody, tell everyone, tell me everybody your deal. Because I feel like you just recently started your business too. Yes, I... Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, yes, I like to spend a lot of time thinking about processes and less time implementing them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Hey, I'm right there with you. Not the fun part. <laughs> um, I have been an interior decorator for 13 months, I guess. Oh my goodness. So I started January of last year, 2018. Oh. And before that, so we have a very similar story. So I was listening to your podcast and I stalked you because it was, there was like a lot of uncanny similarities. So I started as a graphic designer. I spent about 20 years doing that and then started a marketing and creative firm. Oh, And so I'm, I could kind of say your whole promo, like graphic designer, turned marketer, turned <laughs> decorator, like it's the same. <laughs> so yeah, I spent 10 years running a co-running a creative agency that was wonderful. And it just started eating me alive. In what anxiety way? and stress. Okay. Um, it was just the anxiety and stress of running that kind of business and not really understanding why I was going through depression and having anxiety going to work because I wasn't super obvious what the issues were while I was going through it. And about two years ago now, just kind of my partner and I just agreed that it was best if I walked away. So I did that without a plan. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of um, time from, you know, selling my part of the company. So I bought myself about six months to figure out what I was going to do next. And yeah. Sounds so familiar. I know. It's crazy. So, crazy. so I, yeah. So I <laughs> spent about a 
summer doing nothing and then went back to school to the junior college and took I just took a few interior design classes just to figure out what I didn't know good for you oh because I'd run a business but I hadn't run an interior design business which spoiler alert is really complex (laughs) as we all know yep and so I took a semester of classes at 43 years old, 42 years old with 19-year-olds. It was very humbling. Oh, my God. That's and I actually even took a free internship for a few months Wow! in an awesome. interior design company, which, again, humbling, but I learned a ton. And I learned all about the furniture purchasing side of things through them. And... Um, yeah, so I launched Studio Plum again January 2018. Terrified, I had to like go to therapy and do EMDR to even What's get that? to say I was doing it. What's EMDR? EMDR, it's a EMDR. eye movement. It's a therapy for PTSD that people are starting to do now. It's amazing. It helps people get over trauma. Wow. And it's like, I basically had a traumatic experience going through this. So um, it's really weird to explain explain it. It's weird. Yeah, kind of. My therapist and I, like, we built up to it. Okay. But it's basically, there's different ways of doing it. She does it with sound. So it's both, it's like breaking the patterns between both sides of your brain. So like you hear sound on your left ear, your right ear, left, right, left. It's just a tone. And it kind of hypnotizes you in a way and allows you to revisit the traumatic experience. You have to get really specific with what it was and reprogram it, basically. Holy it's shit. Completely works. So wow. she asks you, on a scale of 1 to 10, when you think about this experience, how does it, what is the pain level? And it would be like an 8 or 9, emotional pain. And then afterwards it's like a two or a three it's like a two or three right that moment or like like afterwards ongoing oh it's both but you have to kind of keep doing this thing I think this is cool because um first of all hopefully somebody out there not hopefully but I feel like having said this like you know sometimes like you feel like you heard the right thing at the right time for whatever reason and while like I'm fascinated by it and, and I don't have PTSD, maybe hopefully this like somebody was like, oh, I'm going to look into that. So and that's what happened to me. I had three people mention this EMDR that I had never heard of in one week to me. And then I got a referral to this therapist. So yeah. And by traumatic experience, like it's literally like I haven't had what you would call a real life traumatic experience that some people unfortunately do. Yeah. Mine is like, I was humiliated in art class and didn't feel like I was creative. And it like changed my entire professional trajectory. Oh, it's like your limiting beliefs and and, and trigger. Oh my God. Pinpoint it to one experience and one moment in time to where your thinking changed. And then you, yeah, the limiting beliefs like go over and over in your mind and you behave accordingly. It's crazy. Okay. Did you identify that moment already or did you do work with a therapist to, to, and then in your work together, you identified that moment? Yeah. She had me list in the beginning, like 10 traumatic events in my life, whatever that means to you. Oh my God. And um, so we kind of worked together with what would help me gain confidence 
for career moves, which is what I was there for at that time. Um, yeah. And so I ha- did all that. I did therapy. I was doing meditation. So just gained the confidence to say this because I had such an identity built up in my old company and business yeah. and reputation yeah. in town. And yeah, so now it's kind of funny to think back at how hard that was to announce it. Cause now it's like my favorite place to be. Like now I have a new, completely new identity through my studio plum account and people weirdly stop me in public to say they follow me. I don't not, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. And oh my cool. God. That's really cool. Um, I have to ask though, like what were you just, you had decorated your own home and you just had a knack for it. Like where did the love of interior design start and what were, had you always considered doing this or all of a sudden did it turn on? Like, like where did this, come? I have like that story of the little girl who redecorated her bedroom every yeah. three months. That was me for sure. My parents were really awesome in that they let me decorate my room like crazy. Like I painted it black and white checkerboard, like oh God, in perspective. So they let me do weird stuff. Um, and I guess when it came time for college, I just don't know why I never, I thought, I remember thinking about interior design, but thinking I, someone told me, I think that there was a lot of math, like it was kind of like architecture and drafting based. And I had told myself a story that I was bad at math. Yep my whole life. And, um, so I just didn't pursue it for some reason. And I got graphic design in my head that I was good at computers and my dad's company kind of does that kind of stuff. So I liked it. I like graphic design too. Um, so yeah, I have always decorated my own home. I did a couple bigger renovations when we bought our first and second house and, um, just loved that experience. I got to renovate our offices in my old company. And oh, wow, that's where like, I remember that's like where my, what I was really passionate about work was when I got to do that. So, so okay. what kind of just clicked. And you said, okay, when you left the, the firm that you kind of built, um, did you know then what you were going to go do or you had to go and then say, well, what is next? And then you, and then you were like, well, maybe this is what's next. I, okay. So I know you're okay. Like I'm a little woo woo with some of this stuff. So let's do this. Okay. (laughs) I had been working with a medium for a couple years with my other, with my old partner. Um, she really was my first like awakening of, you don't have enough of a creative outlet in what you're doing. And that was probably a year and a half before I left. So um, when things were kind of just not going well towards the end of my company, I I had a kind of emergency call with her and she said, you're done. You need to get out. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll kind of unravel this for a year. And like, I need a runway. Like I can't just quit my job. Like we just bought this big new house. Like yeah. I have no plan B right now. And she's like, no, you need to wrap this up within like the next two months. I was like, holy shit. So she did say like, I see, you know, you having prosperity doing interiors. I see how much love you have with it. I had been renovating my house at that time, my bathroom. Um, and so 
So she planted a seed a little bit, but I was still like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to do it as a business. I don't know anything about the industry. I knew that I didn't know because yeah. <laughs> like, I'd worked with designers to help me with my office and stuff and knew like there were definitely things I didn't know. Um, and she just kind of said to just try it. And so that's when I just sat back and as soon as she said, it's time to go, my first thing was this fight or flight, like, no, no, no. Like I can't undo all of this that I've built for 10 years. And then, but as soon as she said it, it was it, two things at once of no, no, no. And relief. Oh, and it was just tears. Like, Oh my God. It it's makes like me emotional thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the party's over. Like I was not letting anyone know what was going on inside, including oh. myself, my husband. So I like called me in with my husband and my parents and I was like, I got to be done. Like I have to leave. Like, I don't know what this means. I have to be okay with walking away from this house we just bought. Like if we can't do it, like yeah. all of this doesn't matter as much as like my and health mental. and mental. <laughs> yeah. And I just had to be okay with all the worst case scenarios. And so far they haven't happened, but um, yeah. And I knew that was just like the answer. So the question was, did I know I was going to do interior design? Soon as I started planting the seed that this, that I was going to leave, then I was like, this is the only option that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Getting a job was never like on my radar I hadn't had yeah, a boss no. after you own your own business there's no way no way God, no. And, like I built that business to the point that I had a reputation and some confidence in it I'm like I can do this like and I just always say like us with marketing and design experience, graphic design experience like we already have that piece of the puzzle which yeah, so many people helps. struggle with yeah it helps a lot it helps it really helps because it really helps you build a platform that makes you look like you super got your shit together. Like I know friends of mine would be like, you look like you have a team behind you. Totally. Like that's what all of what you have going on, like externally, like your website, your this, your that, like it just, it looks like you have, and that obviously helps. Right. And so much of what we do is about visuals and optics. And like, I do know interior designers that are, amazingly talented experienced interior designers but their instagram does nothing and people don't realize how much they know and do so yeah so fake it till you make it i can fake it really well and starting to make it it's amazing so okay i have to ask this so when you okay you you're basically saying you left your business because it was really starting to impact you didn't say it in so many words, but your mental health. Like, I assume, like, this is anxiety type stuff, like stress. Yeah, and I don't have, like, I'm not somebody, I'm more of a depressive type. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I would literally go to work and touch the door handle to the office and have a panic attack. Oh, shit, yeah. That was, like, uh, something's wrong. <laughs> Majorly. Yeah. And yeah. it's a great, com- like, it's a cool company. Like, no one can yeah. believe I left. Yeah. 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 And, um, so when you left and you were like done, like, and you had mentally like, okay, you have walked away from that. It's the door. And you're saying you didn't do anything for the summer. What changed physically in you? Like, did you sleep at night? Like did, did all of that impact your sleep at all? I mean, I were in it. So I had a baby, my daughter in 2014 and about a year afterwards, 
depression kicked in. So I have a lot of things that overlapped. I had a baby when I was 39. So I turned 40 and started getting depressed that I thought was postpartum. There's a lot that I can't unravel because it's so tangled. Like when you have a baby when you're 40, who knows what's going on in your body and brain. Um, So, but I was just, I could not shake this depression for three years. And I tried hypnotherapy EMDR was later, but I tried a medium. I did yoga, meditation. Like I tried everything that I could do holistically. One thing actually, just circling back to my medium, she said, and you need to get on antidepressant medication. Stop. Yeah. Like that's what it's for. Like, yeah. Stop There's no, out. like no shame in that. Yeah. No. So I did that, um, around that same time that I left. So, oh my God, when I left and all of that, like heavy, unraveling was done it was just that was it this was weighing on me so heavily I couldn't I didn't even know I was shouldering it mm-hmm. until you weren't shouldering it anymore yeah because I thought like again like I have so much identity wrapped up in that company and my life and friendships and um I wanted it I wanted it to work and yeah like that was the summer of 2017 oh 17 Sorry, I lost you for a sec there. That was the summer of 2017. And just things like I could never, I could never do anything spontaneously. I always had to work. I always had this, like, we have to make money and keep the machine going. And my dad was planning a trip to go see the um, eclipse in Oregon, which is probably like a 10 hour drive from us. And he's like, we're going next week. You and Cecily, my daughter should just come. And I'm like, oh, I can't. That's next week. I can't do something like that. And I'm like, I can. <laughs> and yeah. I did. And we just packed our little backpack and jumped in the minivan. And it was, I don't know, that just to me was like this freedom. Yeah. Like I can design this life however I want and not, I'm just going to enjoy it. Well, congratulations. That's Thank freaking you. amazing. And it, it's true. We do have a lot of parallels. I'm just going to say one thing. And so after same deal, like last six months of my, like in the corporate world for me was very like, just like you said, carrying the weight, carrying the weight. And then the day I was fired, it was just like, I like barely, I didn't even, I just felt so relieved. And, and then the sleeping was great and da da da. And even like the first year of like my business was great, but I felt, I do feel like a lot of those core issues of, I, cause I, I was going to therapy at the time and she was like, your anxiety is your body. That's how your body tells you you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. So I left corporate and I started doing what I thought was the right thing. So I kind of naively was like, well, great that's it. Then like my body was telling me what was wrong. So I shouldn't have to worry about that again. But the reality is like it, I'm feeling all of that creep back a little bit right now. And I'm trying to deal with that. So I'm just, all I'm saying is like, make sure that you continue to do the right things and not assume like you're it's, that was it. And I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know what your hot take is on it right now, but I, and I don't know how it compares to your old job, but there are so many damn moving pieces to this business that it can be like so wildly overwhelming at times. <laughs> this is a great segue. Yes. yes. So like, hey, let's talk about your processes. What, okay, what is, 
the biggest process that you think is helpful in your business right now? Okay. So one of the other, just kind of like step back just a second. Sure. Yes. The other thing that I spent a lot of time last year doing is understanding my personality and how I like to work and what motivates me, mm-hmm. what does not motivate me. So I know we've mentioned that a little bit together. Um, and working with a team and a business partner, you can kind of um, hide behind other people's strengths and um, balance each other out. But when it's just you running a business, there's none of that. So (laughs) a lot became really clear. And I did a lot of going to the spiritual gym as uh, (laughs) as and anyway, so one thing that I've learned about my personality is from um, the four tendencies, I am a rebel personality, which means I do not like people telling me what to do and expecting me to do things. But I also can't really make myself do stuff if I don't want to. Yeah. Won't. So I've developed a lot of, I've pinpointed those places and where I've been, you know, basically screwing myself in my business and finding Wait, I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress, but finding ways to solve that. So I know this is a big thing you're doing too is automation. So automation is my friend because I'm a solopreneur, but also because it takes that place, that sticking point of expectation out of it. Mm-hmm. So if someone out of the blue emails me and expects a response and a proposal from me, it gets my rebel tendency fired up, which is so ridiculous because of course I want the lead. I want the new client, I know. but I don't want the expectation of having to email them back today. Oh my God. Maybe I have a little rebel in me too. <laughs> that feels like my, my, my brain works too. It's like, I'm happy to do something unless you expect it. Then I'm going to get it on the defense. Exactly. But yeah. you said you were a questioner, so that's the same. Yeah, I can't remember anymore. But yeah, you know what? That's Let's, where we overlap. Tell everybody, it's called the four tendencies, right? Is that what you said? What? By Gretchen Rubin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if anybody wants to look up what we're talking about, it's actually like you... I, uh, tell everybody what it is. The four <laughs> tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. It's not a personality test. It's a um, what motivates you and gets you to take action style. So there's four, there's an upholder who those are the people that can be told what to do and do it. And they can tell themselves what to do and they'll do it. Like they'll just run a marathon because they want to and are the best employees ever. Um, And there's questioners, which I think that's what you said you were. Yeah, I remember that. Don't like outside expectations, but you can't, but you have a hard time um, with... You can internally motivate yourself, but you don't like outside expectations mm-hmm. and you question everything. So you will re- research the crap out of stuff. And if you decide that that's the decision, you'll go for it, but you'll also thwart authority. And like my husband's a questioner <laughs> and questioners hate to be questioned. <laughs> <laughs> so we're also hypocrites. It's great. Because <laughs> yeah. you know the best way for you. Yeah. And then obligers are motivated by outside expectations. So obligers are actually the majority group um, and they tend to need a lot of accountability. So they'll work with teams or accountability partners. They like group exercise because it 
is an outside expectation that gets them to do stuff. So they can't get themselves to do anything. Not anything, but you know. Yeah. And then the rebel is the the rebel trademark is you can't make me and neither can I. <laughs> That's freaking amazing. Yeah. But we're real fun. We're the yeah. fun bodies. <laughs> People like to be around us because we just amazing. don't finish it. So anyway, um, so I learned about myself and I'm like, okay, I'm not responding to people because of this rebel tendency I have. And so I need to just circumvent that. So I've been working really hard on automating my lead generation process so that people get information and it's not on me to feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, slash. Let me tell you, sometimes it's just like, I feel too overwhelmed and too busy doing X, Y, Z to give any real careful thought into a response to this inquiry right now. Right now. Yeah. And like all the research, like leads are, you have 24 hours or you are going to lose that lead. Like your percentage of converting them goes way down. So that was kind of this big aha moment of how can I automate and still be like authentically me because part of my brand and belief is you're getting me and I want to be myself. Like I'm not a high polished, like fancy interior designer type. I'm real, real. And I want to be relatable to my um, audience. So anyway, Dubsado yeah. is my friend. I am slowly getting Dubsado working harder for me because it can do so much. Yeah. So I'm at the point now where a lead can come into my website, fill out a contact form, and it'll shoot them next steps, which includes an overview of my services guide in detail. So I'm kind of working the lead funnel. So my website has high-level information, and this guide gives more detail. And is that guide a, like a PDF that's attached PDF. to something? Okay. It's a PDF download that Dubsado sends. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a brochure. And what's all in that? Can, do you mind sharing? Um, yeah. It's, well, it's a detailed guide of each of my services, how much they cost, what you get, things that I don't have on my website, Partly because I don't want to give everything away online and partly because I haven't updated it. (laughs) (laughs) Update the PDF. Um, A place for that, like it's a clickable PDF so they can book consultation appointments through there with me. So I have my calendar open for people to book consultations and phone calls with me. And do you, how do you do that? Do you just pick one specific day that, or is it any time during the week they can book? It's, I use Acuity, which has a ton of power behind it. So I have open, like I allow my days in Acuity to be available. So if it's a two-hour consultation, I don't accept anything before, 30 minutes before, after another appointment. Yeah. So that only leaves a few a day. Yeah. Um, phone calls are easier. a lot of people booking a consultation without talking to you? A lot. Yeah, eh? And do you, show, do you get on a phone call? Like, let's say I booked a consultation with you without ever talking to you. Do you just show up at the consultation or what's your process like for that? So from that point, if they do book, Acuity will send them a questionnaire, which they fill out just some information with their address and just the standard kind of likes, dislikes, yeah. things about their family, home and needs and 
inspiration. I get a lot of info from that. Um, I haven't run into an issue where I was creeped out. Um, I do a little due diligence where I, yeah, you most, do. Pe- most people follow me on Instagram. So I kind of know who they are from that or I can Google them. There's been a couple people that have been complete strangers, but I go back and forth through email with them and just kind of get a feel yeah. for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know it's like kind of weird to just show up at people's houses, but so far yeah, I haven't had I think about it. Yeah. I, and I listen to two crime podcasts, although I haven't in a while. Cause I, it's like one of those things where I have to like shut it down for a bit, but, and you start to think like, Oh God, you know, I've had, I've had some weird, um, I had a lead once that was weird and I just, and he tried to book a consultation and I just got too many, it just, there was too many weird things going on and it didn't end up happening. And then like, it never, it just, he never emailed again. I haven't had any men book, so that maybe will get a weird, a different, yeah. um, vetting from me where like, maybe I will want them on the yeah. phone to understand what their deal is. Sorry, man, but. Yeah, like a girl's got to protect herself, especially when you're like blasting like stuff on, you know, social and there could be like watching you and being creepers about it and stuff like who knows. Um, Okay, let's talk about the process. So like, can you really specifically identify like what that lead, like what happens at each step along the way? So I'm a lead. I fill out a thing online. I get an automated email. Like what is, what does each of those processes look like? And what happens? What are the touch points? <laughs> okay, so you're a lead. You fill out my form on my website. If you click, if you choose residential, then it'll start this workflow through Dubsado, which includes an original, a first email to them that's, thank you for reaching out. Here's a little bit more information. Next steps are either book a 20-minute call for free or a paid consultation. And here's my links to do that. Mm-hmm. If those times don't work, we can try to find some more times because I never know exactly yeah. what my calendar will be. Um, and then from there, they book a call. If they book a call, then I have a call and <laughs> ask, tell them their next step is to book a consult if they want to move forward. And if they do just book a straight consultation, then yeah, the Acuity sends them that questionnaire and um, I need to add another step in there to just how to prepare for the consultation, even though they don't really have to do very much. But right now I basically just show up. And at that point, I'm at this point, I'm open to taking one off consultation. So I do sell them that way that if you're a DIYer and you just want my design eye for two hours, I'll come do that. Yeah. Paying for that time. And I've had a few people that that's all they want. And it's been great because they are capable of doing it. And I've given them really great feedback for like room layout or ways to add drama or color or thoughts to their space. And they've been really happy. So, and that just kind of fills my time. Um, And, or I'm like, do you want a proposal? Like I can go back. And you want that in the consultation kind of thing. Yes. Like, is this good or do you want to kind of move forward? And I can usually tell, like, if yeah. they're DIYers, you can tell. Um, and yeah, so right now I've got all of that automated to that point to where I show up at the consultation. 
And that's been awesome because that was a huge hangup for me in the beginning, like getting Even, to that yeah, part. Just sending the like, because I do send instructions for the consultation and having that automated is like a godsend. Yeah, sure. all of those stopping points, like I'm just not at my computer some days for the whole day. Yeah. And um, it just takes so much of the back and forth. And I realized another thing about my personality is I hate scheduling. Like I have this, like, I always tell people I have calendar phobia. So like the, I don't know, just the getting things to fit in busy calendars drives me crazy. So, <laughs> See, that's where we're different. I'm like, it must be in my calendar if it's going to get done. Well, yes, it does. But the, just the um, going back and forth and can you do... Oh my God, on? I can't. I know people who do that, who don't have like Acuity or, yeah. or Calendly, I'm just the whole back and forth of like, do these days work? No, that's, it's, that's just ridiculous. And then three days go by and now my whole week looks different again. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What, <clears throat> so what happens now? Like, okay, person filled out the form. They got the automated email, but nothing happened. They didn't, they nor booked a call or a consultation. What do you do next? They did nothing. Yeah. So that's what I've been redigging through is now I, so when I went to KBiz a couple weeks ago, I went okay. to the house booth and they had a lot of kind of, I was kind of listening to a pitch about conversions and sales and they, I'm not going to get the stats right, but they said, something like 70% of leads will not convert until the second follow-up. Okay. And then there was another stat for like, well, first follow-up and then second follow-up. So I'm like, shoot, I am hitting them once and I don't want to keep bugging them was my mindset before. So since that's like a, another thing that I don't want to be annoying, (laughs) (laughs) I'm automating my annoying self. Yep. So then you don't feel annoying because it's just happening. You don't know. Exactly. There's no emotion behind it. So I have a ping right now. I have it my Dubsado workflow pauses so I can manually do it because I'm kind of like, there's a little bit of a hiccup between acuity and Dubsado. So Dubsado emails me and says, okay, it's been three days. Do you want to release this next step? Which is, uh, Oh, you have really nailed it. Hey, do you want to, I mean, I'm just taking a step at a time um, because I also want to make sure it works. But um, yeah, so it emails them. Just just a reminder that this, you know, if you want to take the next step, here's those links again. And then I have another pause step that again, one week later, it reminds me, okay, it's been another week. Do you want this next step to go forward? And that's a... Hey, you just came up on my list. I just wanted to check in. No, you know, no pressure, but so basically I'm hitting them up twice and then they're done. Got it. And then in your mind, like, you're just like never going to contact them again or in any of this, do you add them to an email list or anything? Um, I'm going to say yes, because I need to do something with my email list. Yeah. I don't do any, like, I love your idea with like sending the birthday cards and um that has fallen I was off just my listening radar, to, yeah. I was just listening to the oh man Ashley yeah yep and just I need to do more of that stuff oh, so I would hit him up automating so key though let me tell you I haven't 
sent, I used to send them manually, but I'm trying to find a system where you can input a birthday and it will automatically send that email. Like, so it's like you get them in your system and then you're just done. I, yeah. I haven't done that yet, but I will say this. If you are adding, um, if you're adding these people to your email list, my, um, Curio Electro shout out to Nicole Heimer. Um, she helped me set up my automation for that. And so what happens is she used, I forget what, it's kind of like if this, then that, you know, that app, but yeah. that app, it's a different app that does some, Zapier. Zap, Zapier. Zapier. Anyway, so she set up a Zap for me. So on my, now on my website, people fill out the same form that I used to have in Dubsado, but instead it goes into my active campaign because what was happening was, People were going into my Dubsado and I would ask them, do you want to be added to my email list? And then I would go manually add them to my email list. Yeah. Which was like so annoying. So now what happens is uh, two things are happening because I added another one, but uh, they fill out the form, which is an active campaign form, which is my email uh, tool. It goes into there and then automatically it also goes into Dubsado. Truth be told, I'm considering trying to do all of my CRM and active campaign if it has what I need it to do and getting rid of Dubsado potentially, mm-hmm. mostly because Dubsado doesn't do email campaigning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing I had it do too was I automated so that every time, because I've been using Trello lately to manage mm-hmm. my tasks and, my, yeah. and I, it has been working really freak. I used to use Asana, but I've been using that. And so now what it also does... It goes into Dubsado, but I get in my, my uh, I call it my sales funnel board, it automatically adds a new, uh, they call it a little like card with that client, the lead, so that every Monday when I have a my to-do, like go assess like, because for me, yes, they get an automated email, but I find a lot of times they don't always book that discovery call. So I do the manual follow-up right now until I've fully automated it. Yeah. But what she's also going to do was using active campaign and acuity, uh, creating it all to automate to say like, if they don't book this, then send this. And then, but I was just going to let her do it all. Cause I can't. Yeah. Uh, no, I it's probably figure it out. It's like what we talked about building a website. The learning curve is so steep that I just can't be bothered to deal with that. But I basically never want to have to lift a finger again until I decide <laughs> manually, I want to intervene because this lead seems really interesting to me or something. Exactly. Exactly. And give the people, and it also just gives them what they need. And yeah. It's like not more personal because I'm typing the same. Like thing. make like, it sound like you typed it, you know. And I did type it. Just exactly. I only typed it once. <laughs> and and if it, if I was doing it manually, I probably would copy and paste it from a exactly. template somewhere anyway, for sure. So okay, when you're what other what other like because I know you're very process driven, right? So and we know we want what's the next on your plate as far as automating? Would it be the like you didn't book anything yet? So your next step, you know, as you keep building, would be the second follow up that's automated. I need to <laughs> yeah, I need to fill in a little bit of those da- those details, and I think I need to zap some stuff um, with Acuity because Zapsado <laughs> doesn't know somebody booked through Acuity, basically. Yeah. So. I've had people book the appointment and then automatically, I don't want it to automatically send them a follow-up ping when they already did what I asked them. Like, of yeah. course. So that, cause then you're just like busted. I didn't type this. Myself. Yeah. There's the great Oz behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> super embarrassing. So I think my next, so I need to clean some of that up. 
and make it match my website uh, or make my website match that stuff. I think my next step though is to automate the client onboarding. Okay. Tell me what that's going to look like. It's going to look a lot better than it does now. (laughs) And like when you say client onboarding, what does that mean to you? Like what, what does that involve? Well, so right now I'm a little bit done. I just, it's not automated at all. But, um, so when I write a proposal I've implemented now in Dubsado, you can have the port client portal, right? So I now turn the portal on and attach a bunch of stuff in their portal before I send the proposal. So mm-hmm. inside, so their portals kind of loaded up. Like it has that, um, guide to client services thing that they already got earlier as a lead. Mm-hmm. It's got a um, what to expect document, which is a, a kind of fluid document that includes um, what to expect, just an overall process, like freight and receiving and that kind of stuff. Like, so I'm kind of building more of those um, client resource tools into it that I'll still explain, but it gives them just something to reference or show their husband or whatever um, and cover my butt. Yep. More importantly. (laughs) Yes. And make sure like I didn't forget. So it's Yeah, I know. That's the thing, eh? And make it pretty. Like it's like I've designed it so it's just an interesting thing to read and not too much information and not just a giant long ass email that is not just a big Yeah. Yeah. Um and then I have a how I put in a like how to use your portal. So mm-hmm. there's a guide for Dubsado specifically. That's actually the first thing, the email that I send when their proposal is ready. Here's a guide to your portal and here's a link to your um, proposal, which is in your portal as well. So, so they kind of get this. I like that because it kind of gives them this like, Ooh, I'm like in the system. Like this is yeah. a taste of what's to come. Like I'm, officially kind of getting a peek of what it feels like to be a client, even though they're not technically. Yeah. And it's just a few clicks for me because it's all loaded. Um, And then if they accept the proposal, that's where I don't have anything kind of, that's like where I'm at in my process design right now. I have it laid out, like designed um, on paper, but not. Mm Mm-hmm in implementation. So from there I need, I want to make a better welcome kit and have a little bit of like surprise and delight. And I've heard you talk about like little gifts or just little things, or maybe it's, that's where I learn a little bit more about the little touches of their favorite coffee or birthdays and things Yeah, like an onboarding that's fun as well as gives me information to service better. And sprinkle in a little bit of the rules. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're what to expect. Okay. I'm going to ask a little bit about these things that you attach in the portal. Mm-hmm. Let's actually go back to the guide to client service. Is what you said, right? So you were saying it has all the services you offer in there, and then what they cost. Is there anything else in there? Like you know what it is for me. It's I find there's just so much to tell these people that it's like I never know when is the right time to say certain things. Like for example, right now I've decided that I have a minimum project fee and I'm like, well, when is the right time to throw that bomb out there? What's your, t- Probably, what's your take on that? <laughs> I haven't, I'm just starting to like figure out how to 
ask for money. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I've had like me three year. Year. I still don't know how. <laughs> um, here, do you want me to share my screen? Yeah, and I will describe to everybody what we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I don't use this video, just so you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's this has been a real struggle for me is this whole idea behind like you want to vet people but you also don't want to pre-turn them off when when maybe they could have been bought in to your fees if you had gotten them deeper even though maybe it would have scared them away early on you know what I mean like yeah because I don't want to say on my website like I can't do a whole room for under $15,000 like yeah. for your money out of your pocket. Um, sure. That's going to just scare people. So you, so I'm working on this romance, right? So like it's a dating process. I want them to kind of feel like I want them to feel a little bit of the luxury that comes with the luxury service. Like they realize, yeah. okay, this isn't just something totally off the shelf. So it's yeah. probably expensive. Yeah. Um, as far as that minimum, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. That's why I kind of like just put it all on the proposal. Yeah, oh, I know. And, and I'm, I've been thinking about, um, part of me thinks that since I added that layer to my criteria that I, because I've gotten leads this year, but none of them have turned into, I haven't had a single new consultation all year, I don't think. I'm going on memory right now. I'm just luckily have projects that are still ongoing and, Sometimes I think it's like the universe only wants to give you enough that you can handle. And my, my anxiety had been getting really high that maybe like the universe was like, we need to pump the brakes for you. This is take a minute. Yeah. See, like I can get woo woo too, but, um, but still like, I, and I want to get to a point where I feel like I'm like trying to put out there that I can handle new, but I'm scared that I've been saying the wrong thing on these calls. That's just been turning people off prematurely before really buying into my value. Sorry, I'm just plugging in my laptop because it's on the verge. Oh my God, you just looked at mine, didn't you? <laughs> I need to do it too. <laughs> um, let's, both, let's do a plug-in session. You're going to edit this boring part out, right? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hey guys, she's walking through her house right now. Carrie Blair Witch. <laughs> oh, we lost her. We lost her. Oh, she's back. Oh. see it's that room huh doesn't yeah like no there's something evil in that room it doesn't want us to be in there mm. but yeah this looks good you inspired me to go awesome. to creative market and buy myself um is this even oh it's yours that's oh my god it's it is a creative market your battery that's dying oh ah! <laughs> that's what I thought because you shared your screen I was like oh shoot my battery's dying yeah it is my battery that's dying that's hilarious I just got that now I did not realize that um but anyways you inspired me to go to creative market to get my because I think you had said somewhere along the lines you either did something like a story or you you messaged me saying like I cheated and went to creative market which to me is not cheating because we are not selling graphic design services to these clients right right so, and I don't need to get stuck in graphic designer mode and yeah. I, I am graphic design perfection of, like everything needs to be created by me because I need to be able to say I did this I did this I it's a real problem yeah <laughs> anyways yours looks beautiful I love it very much okay so you take me through this bad boy 
so, so this is a PDF with me her uh, the the client services guide. So she's going to describe what, what she's got in here. So it's a PDF. Um, it just says guide to services, everything almost you need to know about working with my business. Um, so this is the first step in the lead funnel after my website. So it's still fairly high level. Yeah. And this is a work in progress. It's beautiful. It has a little bit about me, uh, my bio, a little fun fact about other things that I do, place to connect. These are all links to oh, nice. social media. Good one. Um, and then uh, just go straight into services. So in-home consultation, I have like a time frame of how long these things are. So this is two hours. This is for you if you think you're ready to work with a professional but want to get to know me a little bit better. Yeah. And then a sidebar of what it includes and they can book it right there. So that goes to my acuity. This is freaking amazing. This is good. I, this is, so I literally just started working on a document like this um, yesterday and uh, this is going to inspire me pretty dang hard. This is good. Okay. So I guess I do have an investment. And then at the bottom, I have the investment. So full service de- decor, the investment is right now, I have it at $22.50. That's just like the starting point of my design fees, um, how it works, what this includes. I literally change this stuff like every time I get a new client. I'm I sure. I believe it. And I also love... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. <coughs> sorry, time out. We're gonna have to edit this one pretty bad. Okay. Mm. Sorry. Okay, I'm really happy to hear that on your time frame because okay, I need to do math. I made myself this is the I sort of did a visual timeline for all my phases. So I started this yesterday. And I just want to quantify like divided by Oh shit. Okay. My time frame is like five months. No, mine is two. That's why there's a plus. Three month plus. Yeah, okay. Okay. It is mine's four to I mean, anyway, I'm I'm this is a time frame based on custom pieces. It could definitely be shorter than this. Right. Okay. So like there's no way I could do a full service with with um, you know, trade furniture for under yeah. three months. Got it. And sometimes it takes like eight. Yeah, totally. Okay, good. I feel better about life. Um, I just want people to know they're not getting this next week. You know, this yes. is again, like still pretty high level. Um, I have a few paint consultation options that I've just found a whole like in my contacts of people that just want this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do interior consultations and then exterior. Again, since I have my design background, I Photoshop so I included in my exterior a Photoshop mock-up of the front of their house. Oh, nice. Which I do for my own projects. So yep. it's easy and actually really helpful. Yeah. I do that sort of thing too. I love it. So I might as well just charge and have other people do it or have it. So then I just implemented this as a Veronica Solomon thing, I think, designer on call. And I have a couple of these projects now where – they're more than they're not just DIY. They want me to kind of hold their hand through some decisions, but it's not a full start to finish, um, full service decor situation. So, like for instance, the one I'm working on now, they wanted help choosing a paint color for their room. Um, 
Well, I gave them a consultation, which they immediately implemented, like rearranging their room and painting and doing some, like buying a frame TV. Like they were awesome. Um, but they also, I gave them an idea of like a built-in around their fireplace. So I'm helping them design that with this time. Um, I help them select the actual paint color with that time. Um, and it's just going to be hit or miss. Like I'll do a couple, like a new rug and a coffee table, but everything else kind of works. Yeah. wanted to run some window treatments by me that they were going to just order. So that was great for them and it gives me a lower price service to offer but I still can feel kind of proud of the room yep um or I'm doing this with another client just for styling her home they just completely renovated it it's all like brand new inside but they have no rugs or pillows or anything or lighting right and um just to explain to the listeners so her document it's really cool because she explains the name of it, how long it is, the price. And then she has examples on the side, which helps people like self-identify, like, where should I be? Like, what am I? I I mean, I haven't read through it, but I assume, you know, it it helps people better identify where they probably fit best. Right. Yeah. Like you are on the hunt for vintage or thrifted items and need to know if you're getting a good deal. Like they can run that by me with that time. Oh, I love that. You want a designer to shop for accessories with you and help you style a room. If they want me to go to home goods with them, like, sure, I'll do it and just take it out of the time. Yeah. Um, you are doing a DIY remodel or managing construction and need help sourcing materials that, I'm playing with. Yeah. And you need, you love a specific style of decor and need help finding sources for it. Like that styling client wants French drapery rods and she can't find them because she keeps seeing them in like, you know, Amber Interiors Instagram. And like, yeah. well, you can't find them because they're custom. So yeah. I can order them for you. Got it. So that's just been a nice, like, low ser- service offering. To just fill these holes. Totally. For sure. And just, I have a lot of contacts that fit in that, like in my network. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we got in this beautiful package? Oh, that's just cute. Like a little overview of my process. It's just like a little road map. I love it. It's adorable. <laughs> Guys, this is good. <laughs> Looks really good. I love it. And then a free delivery. Here's a real hot topic that I like. So I want to spell this out from the beginning, just start laying the groundwork that freight and delivery, you know, everybody hates charge being charged for shipping, but I want to start explaining why. Mm -hmm. So it's defining what freight is, what delivery is, what inspection means, and then installation. Mm -hmm. Um, My goal is to go into this, with more detail in future documents. Right. Okay. So it's like right now it's just like, we're scratching the surface. And then when you actually sign, I'm going to tell you more. It's kind of like the deeper you get, it opens up more information. You've heard that like sales funnel idea, right? Like you're trying to get to the bottom of the funnel. Um, so yeah, this is just like, okay, heads up. This is going to be a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be expensive but it's got value. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not doing a full house without you doing this. So. Right. Like every client is like, why can't I store it in my garage? So no. Um, (laughs) yeah, but it's getting better and easier. The more I 
talk about it. Yeah, same. And so that's it. And then there's just another way to book with me. Um, that's awesome. And, and do you, what do you, what kind of information do you verbally talk about? Like say at the end of your consultation, if somebody's thinking like, okay, we want to move forward. Do you, do you give any additional, like, do you have process talk there? What do you do in that at that point? Um, not really like one of my next things. So I'm like deep in this like process mindset right now. So I'm listening to everything, like listening to your stuff. And um, I downloaded every document in Ivy's Designer Network Facebook. Yeah. Like um, in, the, in the files, file. in the like files, yeah. the files, download it all just to like totally. see what it all is. So I've got a lot of ideas from that. Um, yeah. So mostly right now at the end of the consultation, I'm talking to them about what I'm specifically going to put in my proposal to them. Okay. It's still pretty custom. I think I can do a better job with like estimating room hour. Like right now I'm doing kind of custom hour estimates for specific projects where I think if I can get to a point where I have like, I think maybe Darla Powell was talking about having just a cheat sheet of here's kind of what you can expect for a living room of this size. Yeah. The budget ranges and hours that would associate with that. So I think I'm going to try that. And then I can then, if I do that and have that with me at a console, I can sit down and do the go over my contract in person thing. And yeah, I, I started doing that, by the way, even without like proposing anything yet. Like if you think you're moving forward, we're going over my contract. And I was so resistant to that idea. Very. And yeah, I hated it. But now I'm like, I really like it because... I just have really found that ex- managing the expectations are, is so important in managing. Cause like it, it's going to take a long time. You're going to pay freight fees. It's all going to, you, I need you to leave on installation day. Like I don't want to like yeah. bring that on you later. And then you'd be annoyed that, or, or you know, we're not going to be able to, you know, it's going to be six to eight weeks to presentation and like put it all out there and know that you didn't not just assume you've read my contract that has kind of said some of these things. And it's been really helpful. I find like, and people just seem I'm trying to find something. I have like what, um, hear me. Yeah. I can hear you. I feel like you're going to ask something. Oh, well I was going to, um, the other thing, like back to me and my resistant to expectations brain, I kind of have this thing hanging over my head that I have to write all these custom proposals all the time. Oh. So, so if I can get that like vetted at that meeting and know like this is about how much is this going to cost you to do what we talked about, Yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah. If someone's not going to move forward, like, so it doesn't take me a ton of time because I have my proposal templates pretty dialed, but it's still like this hanging over my head. Yeah, same. And then I procrastinated and now I have like 10 to write right now. Holy shit. Well, that's great, great though. Problem. <laughs> yeah. But that's just going to like, and the bigger that number gets, like the more resistant you want to be. Like I'm, I, for me, it takes me like two hours to put exactly, together a proposal. Exactly which is like not a, an insignificant amount of time. I'm with you though. Like if I could just get to a point where I can say, 
you know, living room with this many pieces needing for the living room, probably you're paying this in service fees beginning to end. Like, you know, three rooms is this, like, it's just, there's so many like details that impact that number though. That's like, and I'm like, I don't want to screw myself. (laughs) No, but it's like, this is about what you're going to be looking at. Is that doable? Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. White as a sheet. Like, is this worth my time to do this proposal and hang it over my head? Yeah. I'll still do the proposal. I mean, I'm doing it now. Once, they say, once they're like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, I mean, maybe it was more than I expected, but that, that sounds like it makes sense. And then, you know, like if they're like, oh crap, that's insanity. Like you'd be like, okay, well, yeah. good day to you. Yeah. Or let me talk to you differently and let me put you into my designer on call hours. Yeah. Or, I'm not really doing e-design per se. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like let me find a solution that might work. That's not me going through the trouble of writing this big giant proposal. Yeah. And um, what, how do you actually um, bill? Like, do you do flat fees and like lump sums or do you just bill out invoices hourly? <laughs> WIP. I have been doing flat fee. Um, and like, I liked what you guys were saying. I was listening to the Darla Powell last night. Um, that was my tuition. That <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, don't you think I haven't paid a lot of tuition? To, yeah, for yeah, sure. A lot of student loans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was doing flat fee because I have a, again, I got, I'm so resistant. Like, I feel like I'm realizing how stubborn my brain is, even though I don't consider myself stubborn. I've had a lifelong aversion as a designer, a graphic designer, of not wanting to um, track time. I've, oh, that's dangerous. I've convinced are you, are you everybody. Time, though? On my, I'm starting to, it's my, like, I get it. You, you know what? Oh my God. You got to do yourself a favor and track time. Oh, I know. I, it's the only way I know now that I'm going to make money. So I'm committed. It's the to only that. way you're going to know that you've like, so probably grossly underestimated those five projects you've already done. And until you can visually see that, you're just going to keep screwing yourself blindly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I did that very early on too. I would also track my time, but then I wouldn't look cause I'd be like, Oh no, I, I, I know I'm done over hours. So <laughs> I I, it was like, ignorance was bliss, but that's not good either. No. But yeah. So my new, so I just redid my proposal. So my new proposal is, um, to try to estimate my estimation of hours, but mm-hmm. I'm on an hourly rate and I'm just, I'm doing what you're doing with just going to phase one on that I'm first proposal that anymore actually I'm not? okay I'll tell you I'll just tell you how you can tweak it to work better for you in case you were doing it like I was now I feel like I have a real I, I have my hour estimating has been really really good lately but where it's gotten all screwed up was okay number one I was really feeling like clients were Okay. Redo. I'm going to start this whole thing over. Okay. So I was doing that. And the way I was doing it was phase one would be 50% up front. Like if you're going to do it, make it be hundred percent of phase one, do all at once. Okay. And the I reason I would say that is, or you go to phase one, what I was doing was I was saying 50% of my fees for phase one. No, I was doing 70, 30, sorry. 70% of my fees for phase one is due before we start the project. Fine. Then I would say 30% is due at presentation. So if you're going to break up your payment, don't break it up that way. Instead, say 
payment two is due halfway through that phase. But at that point, if clients haven't seen anything anyways, you might as well just ask for a hundred percent upfront because yeah. like now you're just, they're just giving you more money a second time without having seen anything. The problem yeah. I found for me was I would say 70% upfront. Great. Now at presentation, I would say the next 30%. And then come presentation though, we're pretty much gearing up to go into phase two. Right. So I'd be like, 30% do now. Oh, guess what? A week or two later, now I need phase two. And it was Got just like it. a terrible client experience. Not only that, mentally, I was like, well, I can't send another invoice now. Like, right. you know, so I, and it, it just felt really gross to me. Yeah. So it's either just, if you're going to do it, you have to ask for hundred percent upfront, leave it open for negotiation on like, if they don't like, I find that if you're going to negotiate for pricing, it's, it's the payment terms, not the price itself. If you're not removing scope, I'd be lenient and say like, I'll take 50 now, 50 at another time, but that's the client's decision. But instead ask if you want to do it that way. But the other thing for me was that the biggest variable, no matter what was phase one. So like, it's very easy for me to more or less come up with a number of hours for phase two and specifically phase three, because I feel like I know now that that those, those two areas are less of a variable to what phase one is. So if I know that not only that, because I want to be well compensated for phase three, why not instead of like at the end of the projects, when clients are feeling the effects of spending $50,000 on furniture 10 plus on services and they're not super excited about spending more money and you feel like it's harder to ask for more money, then why not just tell them up front what the entire cost of the project is likely to cost? Cover yourself by saying like, this is an estimate in case you're worried, but, but like rip the bandaid off early when they're excited is a, that, this is just my idea. This is like, yeah, no, I rip the bandaid off early when they're excited as opposed to like, we know something is likely to go wrong along the way. That's going to like take away some of those warm fuzzies. They're going to have waited six weeks or six to eight weeks for, you know, the design presentation. That's my timeframe. Then they may have waited another eight to 10 weeks. Like there's things that are deflating them a little bit, even if at the very end reveal, like everything's great, but that everything great feeling doesn't happen until the end reveal. And you've had to ask for all this other money. And, and for me, it was just like mentally, I was, st- I was doing great at estimating my phase one, but I was getting terrible at wanting to send the invoices for phase two and phase three because of like, now they've like just paid. And then blah, so I just feel like, phase so are you, what it's going to be. Are you giving them, so you're giving them a proposal for all three phases yeah. at once and yeah. you're, is it flat fee? No. Okay. So I had been doing like a cover my butt situation where it was like, here's my estimated hours. You are going to pay me up front for the, like in a, what I do now is 50, 50. So okay. instead of before it was 70, 30 for phase one, now it's 50 and then 50 at a second time, uh, probably at the beginning of phase two. Um, for the entire project instead. But what I was doing, I haven't changed this yet, but I am going to test it. Uh, what I was saying was like, I'm estimating X number of hours. Um, you know, if I go over like, there, you know, it may be more. But if I say that, I also feel like ethically, if I'm let, if I'm going to expect you to pay me more because I've gone over hours, then I feel like in my own ethical brain, I have to be honest about when I come in under, which means like I will apply, I was applying those to other phases mm-hmm. thing. 
So now though, because I've been doing, I've been feeling like I've been estimating my hours so well, and I have been coming in under in phase one, because I had said it was an estimate of hours, I, I feel like I should apply those to phase two. So now I'm going to test out flat fee. And if I come in under hours, then that's profit. Yeah, for sure. So that's, yeah. and it's all about testing, right? But the only reason I can do that is because I've been tracking my hours. But the other thing too, is I, I hold myself like, you know what, Michelle, if you didn't track that time, you're not going to get paid. Like yep. that's on you. So I, I do my best, even if I'm like, I was out today looking at tile, that was probably about an hour. And if anything, I'll underestimate to cover. My, I try to write it down if I'm not at my like thing, but, but my philosophy is like, you know what, you didn't track that time, then you're basically just screwing yourself. So it forces me to have to track my time. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely gotten pretty like beat up financially this past year. Um, I feel you. And I feel okay with it in the learning mode, but I can't be a learner anymore. <laughs> like, you know I, what too? Like I was saying this to somebody else, which is probably, I think the podcast that went, no, the podcast next week that's going live. Um, you know, even if we're charging less and like clients still expect the best. So might as well charge a high fee <laughs> and yeah. give them the best because you've well compensated me. Whereas like, if you're going to pay not enough and expect the best for me, but I don't feel like I can give it to you because I'm not being well compensated enough to be able to put that much attention on you, then I'm shooting right. myself in the foot. I'd rather you just say like, that wasn't the cheapest, but like, I really enjoyed that experience. Like she made it right when she needed to without feeling resentful because like, I barely like, what do you expect? You're barely paying me. Like, no, they expect the best. They don't give a shit what they Or pay. like my attention just gets diverted to somebody who is paying. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've built confidence in like a little bit of portfolio, a little bit of good press. And now... I was going to say that. You've got lots of amazing press. Talk to me. How did you make <laughs> all that happen? Well, this is where like always you know, be grateful for your past experiences that maybe were painful to transition out of. So I just know a lot of people in town for my last job. Oh, and then I do creative mornings, which... You do what? Creative mornings, which Toronto has one, doesn't it? What does that mean? What are you saying? It's a thing? It's like a networking thing? What is it? Yeah, Creative Mornings was founded like 10 years ago in New York, and now there's... 196 chapters all over the world. <gasps> Toronto's big. <gasps> okay, tell me more about so, it. Yeah, it's, so I started that two years ago in Sacramento, and this is one of my other things I talk about a lot, is I am naturally shy. I'm naturally hate public speaking, So I, but I also put myself in hot water sometimes on purpose. To Good. So yeah. I took this on two years ago and yeah, it's a free event every third Friday um, morning is when we do it. Free coffee, free breakfast. I'm the host of Sacramento's chapter. So I find every time you're the host. Yeah. You're a true hero and a scholar. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. So I get on stage in front of 200 people every month and it's, been amazing so I meet a ton of people through that um and built confidence and 
community and networking and um it's and creative mornings is just the most like beautiful group of humans on the planet okay you should go okay can I tell you I okay so you know the miracle morning so okay I've been really trying to find a place that I want to network that feels right. I was doing Rotary. I don't know if you're familiar with Rotary, but anyways, it's been really hard for me to commit the amount of like volunteer stuff that needs to happen. And like you, I'm starting to very, get very resistant and almost like resentful of it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the, the group that I joined is all like seriously older people than me, which is fine. But like, I don't feel a connection to any of them. And so it, it makes it even less motivating for me to want to go. Like I was like thinking, excuse me, I was thinking about this the other day. Like at least if I felt like I was really connecting with the people and excited, then, yeah. then maybe I'd be more excited to go. But, you know, I, I just feel like I'm spreading myself so thin. It's supposed to be every Thursday, like for lunch and it breaks up my week in the like middle of the day. Yeah. And I do not connect to any of these people and all of the like fundraising efforts that they do. Like I made Dave go to one recently it was the worst thing we had ever been to. It was horrible. It was the longest night of our lives. We still joke about it. How like, oh, no. we, like it was the Robbie Burns event. And like, we're like, we don't know who this man was, but we, we were very angry towards him <laughs> because of it. Oh, no. But anyway, so I've been like, okay, I need to network. And then, so I decided that I was going to transform my miracle morning into like getting up earlier to do certain things that are important to me, but I don't make time for. So like personal development and business development. So today I woke up early and I Googled like a place where I could be networking with other women or whatever. And oh I can't seem to find anything like that is straight. I'm like, where does a person just find like somewhere that they meet on the regular monthly? And I haven't been able to find it. But then you just said this and I'm like wondering if this was like the universe, like, handing me a hundred percent. So I have had the same experience that you're saying, except like I question, okay, so this is all volunteer that I do this. Okay. Um, We have a volunteer team. Everything's free. So we have to get sponsors and donations for coffee and breakfast. And I like had this period of few months ago where I was like, okay, is this where I should be spending this time? Like I don't have time to give away. Yeah. And is this worth it? What am I getting out of it? And I had a meeting with a potential speaker and it was just like this, like, yes, like it's this, I get so much out of it from just this like energy exchange of like these people are just there to be inspired and learn and love and um, connect and share. It's a speaking, so I didn't think I said, it's a speaking series. So it's a 20 okay. talk with a speaker that, based on a theme that everyone in the world has the same theme. Oh. And so I try to make ours just really inspirational. It's not so much like, like today our speaker was, so I had one this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, today our speaker, he brings clean water to developing countries and just telling his story of just kind of perseverance and change I love it so yeah so it just helps I'm helping other people make connect so people out there connecting that I have nothing to do with we're just making the environment so that gets me out there that gets me on a stage literally um which helps me feel more confident on my Instagram stories and I'm just a goof on stage like 
I'm not a polished public speaker by any means. I don't practice, but I'm not nervous anymore. That's I just, amazing. I can just be myself. So it's been really awesome for my personal development. And yeah, so through that, like I've gotten connections with like photographers. So I was in Sacramento magazine. My home was featured. And, I saw that. Amazing. Oh. And that was just through like knowing people in the community. Like I didn't necessarily pitch myself or I didn't pitch that, but it's just, I don't know. Yep. I think just the more your face is out there, like you don't know what connections are going to come to you and be made. I know you're so right. So when you started that, were you just like an audience member? And then recently you took the role of hosting? No, I brought it to Sacramento. So it's like, basically I have like the license <gasps> for creative mornings in Sacramento. Oh, dang. So like, if you yeah. like abort mission, it like, you would have to find someone to replace you or it would just yes. like not be a thing. I'd have to find someone to replace me or... Oh, man, you were you went all out with that commitment, though. You were like, well, I'm going all in right now. That's yeah. a big thing. And I think that was, like, my first kind of step into trying... I knew I needed something new because um, I was still at my old job when I did it. Oh, okay. Um, but also, like, it's helpful. So... I don't know. I'm just saying that people are going to creative mornings. Like, am I wrong to assume like it's their creative types that are going there? Is that the idea or no? Yes, but yes. But the, the motto is everyone is creative and everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. So there are um, creatives that are graphic designers and musicians, but I think our audience is made up. We have, you know, Sacramento is the state capital of California. So we have a lot of people that just work for the state and they have kind of boring jobs and <laughs> like, no, like are my, yeah, my soul's being sucked out of me. I need yeah, to, but they still home. have creative, like, you know, yearnings or want to just be around creative people that are inspiring them. So it's all walks of life. Like it's all kinds of people. So my thing with that is like, maybe I won't get a client directly, but that's how I met the photographers who introduced me to the magazine another you know I got on another list of like creative people to follow yeah who's gonna see that like yeah okay well, I'm totally 100% I'm gonna check one out I'm gonna I have the website like waiting for me to figure out where this thing happens and when and I'm 100% gonna go and I will fill you in on how okay, ours is like I have a um and I have another idea that I want to blog post about so I'll try to maybe do it before you publish this but um, I spent those 10 years at my old job only doing that job. Like it was my world. It was mm. my support system, my friendships, everything. And I didn't do a lot of other things. So I am now in book clubs, two masterminds, creative mornings, um, all these Facebook groups that I don't know how I'd live without. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing how much community I was craving and how many diverse interests I have um, and finding ways to just get out there and know people like in a real way. Um, and I'm doing it through these little groups. So I'm going to write a blog post about that. Um, just my experience and how one thing just leads to another. Yeah. Constantly. Like it's, until you like, I mean, I hate the term networking. I yeah. never wanted to go to a networking event 
I've never worn a business suit in my life. I'm never going to. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm not that marketing networker type. So, but finding these places that make sense to me, um, that can teach me and that I can share things with people. Um, like this conversation we're having now, but I wouldn't have reached out to someone on Instagram five years ago. Yeah. So, when you, when you did this, did you just do it on your own or did you have a like a little sidekick with you or did you just kind of tackle this totally solo? Creative mornings? Yeah. Like, AKA, like my question is like, when you do this networking type stuff, do you go it alone? Um, I have a co-host that helped me with the application process to bring creative mornings here. So she still helps me. Um, I am the only one on the documents because they, they just want one headquarters just wants one person to deal with. Um, but these other groups that I'm in, I haven't found, like, I'm not owning any of them anymore. Cause I can only yep. <laughs> own one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, but like I was invited into one mastermind. That's just five women that are entrepreneurs. And, and is it uh, in person or over like Skype or Zoom? We do ours in person once a month, but awesome. we also have a Facebook group that we sh- collaborate on. Then my other friend started another. It's more of an accountability group that we meet once a month. I love in-person stuff. Yeah, same. But also, I don't know, within like Facebook groups... I feel like I'm just a sponge for information and attracting like my tribe right now. Mm-hmm. That. Um, and the more you do it, the more you're open to new people and opportunities and you're on people's radar. I just think it's like for me, my marketing, so like how I've kind of grown, my marketing isn't necessarily selling my services. It's putting myself in front of people in my own way and let them make the connections out of curiosity like we'll wrap up soon because I we've been talking a good while but I've been making my podcast much longer but I don't I want to be conscious of your time I'm going to ask you one last question how like the fact that you you started and had a business thriving business for 10 years right Mm -hmm. um like how are you finding this different than say that like as far as like it filling you up, like what's, what's the core difference? Oh, well, first of all, marketing and graphic design is 90% service based only, which since the print industry died, it makes it way easier from a business standpoint where this industry is so complex, <laughs> which would make it seem like harder and more stressful. But I think for me, what makes this fill me up is I am being myself. It's this like idea of, I hate saying it, but being my authentic self. And it has attracted way more attention than anything that I was hiding behind before ever did. Yeah, I can totally relate to you so hard on that. It's, it's funny because we're around the same age too. So like, it's just, it just, I just wish that it's like as a woman, like I wish I could have found out earlier 
how much happier I could be and that it was okay to be like my rough around the edges, like you said, authentic self. And that like people really do like that as opposed to like my whole life going like, Oh, I wish I was like more like the type of girl who was all pulled together with her nail polish and her pretty dress and like, (laughs) look at her like, and, and her poise as opposed to like, I'm like the antithesis of that. But like, I just feel so much more confident owning who I am and being like, here it is, people take it or leave it. Yeah. One thing that my medium said to me in the very beginning, when I first met with her, um, I had surrounded, I've always surrounded myself with very gregarious outgoing people. Mm-hmm. I am on the inside, a shy kid that does not like to talk to people or that's what I always told myself. And I was always comparing myself that I wasn't like big enough or bold enough or like comfortable in the spotlight enough. And my medium told me something that changed my entire like perspective of myself was that some people are the spotlight and running around being in it. And that's their truth. Right. But you are more like a campfire that you are a softer light, a quieter light, but people gather around that and gain warmth from it. Oh, and that was like, I, I'm going to need to get this lady's number. She, she does it all, amazing. She does it all through Skype. Yeah, you can. Um, and I was like, always trying to compare myself to the spotlight and thinking I wasn't enough because I wasn't that. And then I'm like, shit, I want to be the campfire. That's awesome. Like, that's exactly how I feel. And the people around me feel when they're with me. And I I don't know, it just was a great... That's fucking beautiful. Yeah. So be yourself. Like, there's good in all of it. Like, be the spotlight if that's you. Be the campfire. Be the Zippo lighter. Like, whatever you are. Like, But whatever it is, just... There's a need for it and be it. And you're going to find your people that want that. Like, yeah. People want the spotlight, girl. Totally. Oh my God. I feel like this is the perfect way to end this. Like, it's like we, we, it was almost so perfect. It feels scripted, but that was so freaking good. So can you tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and your website? Yes. Studio Plum. That's P-L-U-M-B. Um, dot com and my Instagram is Studio Plumba. Plumba. It's it's such a good name too. Like that's actually your last name, right? But it's like it's my married name. But yeah, perfect name. Like it's just a good name to make a design studio. Thank you. You're blessed with a great name. <laughs> or married into a great name. Anyways, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do by asking these questions for us newbies. It's been really helpful. I know, right? I, I still, I feel like I have to stop calling myself a newbie, but I still feel so freaking new, but whatever. I like that you're not it's afraid. To um, dumb. I was listening to, do you follow Wydell and Boschetti? Yes. So they, did you watch their live video that Jacob Medina did? No. So for those of you uh, listening, go check it out. He, he did a, he contacted them and shadowed them for a day or two, which mm-hmm. I just think is like the most amazing thing. Like I just, that's so courageous. But, um, and then he interviewed them and then they were like, Oh, like called themselves newbies. And they, they were like, well, okay, we, we can't call ourselves newbies anymore, but we're, we're young. Like we're a young firm. Company, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that that's probably the, like, I don't think I can totally call myself a newbie anymore, no, but not. young, a young firm. 
Well, and your status lives forever on the podcast. So like if I'm catching up on your early episodes. This is true. Yeah, this is true. All right, lady. Have an amazing Thank you. Bye. Squarespace. Okay. I tried to use Squarespace <laughs> and I was like, am I like stupid? Because I feel like it's supposed it's to be so different. So I. Did you freeze? Did oh, you froze for a hot sec. Oh. I fr- you froze oh. like this thinking like this. And I thought, oh, she's just thinking for a really long time. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Which happens by the way. Um,